In the international research project The Universal Grain, participants, volunteers of Alatra International Public Movement continue the search of the unifying grains of truth which exist in every religion and teaching. We find the proof of the fact that spiritual knowledge is common for all. One of the cultures which has preserved the rich heritage of ancestors is Indian culture. Which spiritual grains lie in the knowledge of ancient people? Which scientific notions were known thousands of years ago? How people understood the meaning of life? These and other topics we will discuss today with the Indian diplomat, Ambassador of India in Ukraine, His Excellency Manoj Kumar Party. Hello, Mr. Party. Very, very pleased and honored for having this opportunity to interview you. We are volunteers of Alatra International Public Movement and uh, this movement is aimed at unification of people and at reviving the spiritual and moral values in the society. One of our projects is Universal Grain, in which we research different scriptures, finding the basic truths which are common for all of us. And in one of your interviews, you have said a wonderful Indian wisdom, which is Vasudhev Kutumbakam, the whole world is one family. Can you please tell us how this wisdom is understood in Indian culture and what message does it carry? This is one of the most well-known phrases in the Indian philosophical texts. You have narrated one portion of it. I will read the whole Sanskrit text to you and explain the meaning. The text goes like this. Ayam nijah paroveti ganana laguchetasam udar charita nam tu vasudhaiv kutumbakam which means this is mine and that is yours. This is a thinking of narrow-minded people. People with wider perspective consider the entire world as one family. Let me explain the significance in modern day. All the scientists and experts in the world today seem to be of the same opinion, that we are misusing the environment to a very large and increasing pace. Just imagine that 100 years from now or 200 years from now, this planet becomes unlivable because the environmental degradation is so high that you can't breathe here. Where will the human race go? Do we have any other place to go? Unless we treat all of us without any division and consider the welfare of the entire world as one, we are doomed to destruction. 7,000 years ago, people in India had realized this. And one of the ways to see this particular Sanskrit phrase is this, as long as you consider each one of us separate, that's not a very nice perspective to have. Indians traditionally have been treating the entire world as one family. There is another reason for this, more deep and psychological, I should say philosophical. According to the Indian philosophy, it is said, aham brahmasmi, I am God. You all, each one of us is a God. It's just a matter of realizing it. Another way to put it is, in the Indian philosophical system, I am not telling the name of religion. I'm only saying the philosophical thought. In the Indian philosophical system, the concept of God 
is not different from concept of knowledge. And it believes that there is no unique way to reach that. If you follow Christianity, Islam, there are thousands of gods. So God number one, God number 1,000, God number 10,000 in Hinduism. It does not matter because the gods are not important. It is that devotion to that God which will lead us to that ultimate truth. When you reach that absolute truth, there is no differentiation between any of these paths. And that is the reason inherently Indians are the most tolerant people in the world. Because for us, whichever religion you follow, religions are only path to take you to that final destination. Indian philosophy doesn't tell you exactly in those terms. But I will tell you that one of the most important ways of reaching that stage of absolute knowledge is through meditation. There's a concept of samadhi or deep meditation in the Indian philosophy. Mm -hmm. And this process is a journey. This is called a spiritual journey in the Indian philosophical term. According to your deeds, karmas, either you can go up or you can come down, both ways. But if you keep on doing good karma and good things, then at a particular point of time, you will get to that state of being in samadhi. When you go into this kind of philosophy, then you understand that all of us are part of the same journey. Someone is little ahead of the spiritual journey, someone is little below. Someone is way ahead, someone has just started. And that is why there is no difference between me and you and anyone else. And all of us are actually part of the same family. Vasudhaev Kutumbakam. Thank you very much. This is such a deep and amazing answer. Coming out of it, of this um, unity which you're talking about, it comes to mind one of the mantras which I have found in a quite interesting context. It was a Latrophysics report, actually. It was Asatoma Sadgamaya, Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya, Mrityorma, Amritam Gamaya. And it says about coming to light, to truth, to true life. And what we have actually noticed that these are the characteristics of the spiritual world which are peculiar to all philosophical concepts in Christianity, in Islam. Mm -hmm. Everybody says that the God is truth, it is light, and it is true life. Mm -hmm. And the um, question was how this concept of sad, of truth, of light, of this real life is revealed mm -hmm. in Indian culture. Well, in the Indian philosophy, truth is that ultimate truth. In our emblem, this is our emblem, below this we always write another Sanskrit phrase which says Satyameva Jayate, which means truth alone prevails. What is that truth that we are giving so importance of? Ultimate knowledge is the ultimate truth, where once you reach that place, there is nothing else to know. And when we say asato ma sadgamaya, tamaso ma jyotir gamaya, mrityor ma amritam gamaya, all these relate to this physical world of ours and that level which has the absolute knowledge. Asato ma sadgamaya, tamaso ma jyotir gamaya, and mrityor ma amritam gamaya. Because once you reach the stage of samadhi or that absolute knowledge, 
death loses its meaning. The concept of moksha, people say it's freedom from the cycle of life and death, but it's actually disappearance of the notion of death. I have written a book which has a title of Understanding Indian Philosophy Through Modern Science. The question of life and death. The question of what is the nature of the universe. The scientists of today mm -hmm. still are trying to struggle with these questions. They do not have the answer. Indians seem to be having this answer long time ago, nearly 7,000 years ago. There are certain evidences which is easy to understand. For example, 7,000 years ago, people in India knew that Earth is moving around the sun. Not only Earth, there are seven other planets moving around the sun. And one of the most common example is that in the Indian or Sanskrit system, the days of the week are based on the planets. The Sunday is called Ravivar, which is about sun. Monday is called Somvar, which is about moon. Tuesday is called Mangalvar, which is about the planet Mars. Budhvar is after planet Mercury. Guruvar is on Jupiter. Shukravar is on Venus. Mm -hmm. And Saturday is on Shani, on Saturn. The days of the week are made on the name of the planets. There are other examples. There is one shlok in the Rig Veda, which says, we pray to Lord Sun that travels at a speed of 2,202 yojan in half a nimish. Yojan is an ancient Indian unit of distance and nimish is an ancient Indian unit of time. If you convert this number 2,202 into kilometers per second, you get the speed of light. 7,000 years ago, people in India knew the speed of light. The question is, how did people in India know about all these things? These are some of the facts that are easy to explain. They also told us about the nature of the universe. They also told us about life and death. They say this whole universe is a Maya. It's a mirage. Illusion. Illusion. I prefer not to use the word Maya, that this world is Maya, etc., because people do not understand this. I will say a three-dimensional world and a fifth-dimensional world. What is the higher dimension? Three dimensions of this physical world and the dimension of time. These are the four dimensions. If you go beyond this, where will you reach? The fifth dimension. So, for example, let us say that by being in a deep state of meditation, you are able to reach a higher dimension of existence. There is another example. Today's modern astrophysicists tell us that only 4% of the available mass and energy in this universe is visible. 96% is invisible, which is termed by them as dark matter or dark energy. You know about this. Imagine there is a two-dimensional world in which there is this round shape which is weighing five kilogram. Everything is in two dimension. But the scientists of the two dimensional world tells you that it should weigh 200 kilogram. Where is the other 195 kilogram? Whatever you are seeing is only the projection. Rest of it is in the higher dimension, which you are not able to see. Basically what I mean 
is the Indian philosophy has a very plausible modern scientific theory. And if that is the truth, should we not try and see what all is explained by the Indian wisdom? The first thing for anyone is to realize that there is an existence of a world beyond this three-dimensional world. Mm -hmm. Because till the time you are stuck in this three-dimensional world, you will not be able to go to that spiritual journey. Because you are limited by senses, all your senses, into this three-dimensional world. Illusionary world. Illusionary world, which may not be correct. If you want to know the truth of this world, try and be out of this world. Only then you will be able to understand. I give a very simple example. Suppose there is a very big warehouse, very huge warehouse, and it is dark. You have a candle in your hand. You enter into the warehouse. Mm -hmm. How much will you see? Only near about portion. You go 15 meters, 20 meters down the warehouse, you will see some other portion of the warehouse. Some other knowledge will be revealed to you. The more you travel in the dark warehouse, the more thing you see what is lying in the warehouse. Modern science is like this. Whatever you know by experiment and by proving that this has been proved, mm -hmm. that is all that you see. 40 years ago, the doctors of the world said, cholesterol is bad for you. Remove cholesterol from your food. Okay? Six months ago, the doctors there said, no, 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 we made a mistake. Cholesterol is not bad for you. Sugar is bad for you. <laughs> that is what is happening. But like a candle in a dark space, you can see only what the light can show. Indian philosophy is like the main switchboard. You switch on the life, light in the warehouse and the whole warehouse is visible to you in one glance. It is about basically finding this light in yourself. In yourself and trying not to find the explanation of what you see around you by the methods of this three-dimensional world. You have to get out of it. And only then you will realize the ultimate truth. The spiritual journey will begin the moment you realize the inadequacy of this three-dimensional world. There are many ways to do it. There can be thousands of gurus who will take you to that path. Once again, the paths are not important. The gurus are not important. Important thing is to realize that we are on a spiritual journey. And once you realize this, and that is when the lessons become useful. Because once you have realized the existence of a higher dimensional world, then the teachings start filling in the vacuum and the jigsaw puzzle starts forming the full picture. And then you realize that, okay, that means by the time I die, I must do the maximum that I can do. And you come to realize that by dying, this process cannot be over. When we take the next life, we will start from this spiritual journey mm -hmm. and it will then depend on our how you behave yourself mm -hmm. in the world, whether you go down or up. I do understand correctly that there is this circle of lives, right, rebirth, but still the aim is to get out of this circle. When you reach that level of samadhi, 
or let's say absolute truth. Mm-hmm. Suppose I reach the stage of samadhi in this life, okay? It will not change me as a person. I'll remain Manoj Bharti and I will remain in this world. What will change is my whole understanding of my existence and the universe. You remain what you are. Mm-hmm. What can happen mm-hmm. that if you are, if you have achieved status of samadhi, you may get free out of this cycle of taking life and death. Mm-hmm. Now, I have no explanation as to what happens when you get out of this cycle of birth and death. But in the Indian philosophy also it says, once you have the light, the next thing to do is to give that light to others. Mm-hmm. There is a much deeper explanation in Indian philosophy. This is a concept of Renubandhana, means laws of debt. You are a soul, I am a soul, inherently. Everyone else is a soul. In the course of our life, we do a lot of give and take. I do something for you, you do something for him, or he does something for her. We keep doing something for the other. The moment you take life, this cycle of bondage starts building up. Unless I finish my debt with all these souls, I will not be able to attain samadhi. It is not possible for me to get out of the cycle of life and death. That is the reason why there is a, the most intricate concept in the Indian philosophy is called nishkam dharma. Means when I do something for you, I do not tell myself that I have done this. I had no role in this. It has happened through me. If I do not do this to you, I will not be indebted anymore. I have finished my debt. As long as I keep doing this, giving you something and expecting something in return, saying that I have done this, she should do something for me. That debt is not gone. I have to see that I give, I do something for the benefit of someone without saying that I have done it. I have to know that I have not done it. It has happened through me. In this spiritual journey, the one of the most important thing is to purify yourself. Because then whatever you do for anyone else, you will realize, you will know that it is not I who am doing this. Mm-hmm. It is happening through me. If I remember correctly, in Bhagavad Gita, I think, uh, Krishna, he says to Arjuna that when you get uh, rid of Krodha, Lobha and other uh, things, mm-hmm. you will get to my place. Krishna is no one else other than someone who knows about the existence of this absolute truth. And that is why in the Indian philosophy, there are thousands of such people, whether it is Ram or Krishna or hundred of other avatars. So when Krishna says this, actually that has been written by someone. And the someone who is writing this is making up a story to explain that Do fact to a... Absolutely. Mm-hmm to the common person. Mm-hmm. Now that you have listened to my explanation, mm-hmm. try and read the same text and you will find a new, amazing explanation. 
whatever is written in Gita or any other text. That is very interesting. We know that you have mastered more than five really unique languages, and one of them is Sanskrit, which is the cradle, mm -hmm. the source of a huge family of languages, right? Indo-Aryan languages and Slavic languages are among them. Sanskrit, it is such a unique language, which is entwined with philosophy. Sanskrit symbols, they mean more than letters. Mm -hmm. They mean real science, which mm -hmm. are also related to the cognition of that ultimate truth, which we were talking mm -hmm. about with you. Sanskrit is an amazing language because I think it is only this language in which what you say is written and what you what is written is pronounced the same way. Recently I was reading somewhere that latest archaeological finds in Ukraine somewhere says us that uh, at about 3000 years ago people used to use the same language and it was similar to uh, Indo-Aryan languages. Mm -hmm. Even today there are many words and symbols which are very close to Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. You know some of them, like dwer, dwar. Dwa is in Sanskrit also. Dwa is too in Ukrainian also. There are many such things. Sanskrit has another strange thing. All the alphabets, Devanagari alphabets, are designed in a very systematic and scientific manner. But each of these sounds K, kh, g, gh. Each of these individual sounds have more than one meaning. When you write a Sanskrit phrase, let's say in the Vedas, the same alphabet which is coming with, let's say, Keshav. Keshav is three letters, Keshav. This Keshav can be the name of Krishna or it can mean entirely a new thing because ka means something else, sha means something else, va means something else. It can mean completely different thing. And that is why people say that Vedas were written in a coded language. Scientists are trying to find out how can the text of the Vedas be understood by decodifying it. Whatever you read in the Vedas, it looks completely nonsensical. It says, I pray to Lord, so-and-so, this river is so good, these clouds are so nice. Related only to three-dimensional. Three-dimensional world. It looks so completely nonsensical. There are certain shlokas in the Vedas which are easy to comprehend, even without going into the codification. I'll give you one example, which is very well known. One shloka says, Purnamidaha, Purnamidam, Purnat Purnamudachyate, it means this is whole, that is whole. A whole takes birth from the whole. If you remove a whole from another whole, what remains is a whole. Now it is amazing. How do you explain this? It is written in the Vedas, but it is nothing in this three-dimensional world explains this. But it is the mathematics of the fifth dimension, according to me. This is how I explained. There are only two letters, two numbers, which follow this principle in this three-dimensional world. Zero and infinity. And surprisingly, in Sanskrit language, both the words, zero is for shunya, and infinity is for anand. Both these words are synonymous to space, deep space. And that gives me the feeling that this is actually explaining something about the fifth dimensional world. And if you see carefully, 
the notions of black hole in the universe, it also fits in this. If you add two black holes, you will get another black hole. And a black hole can take birth from another black hole, there will be two different black holes. So this definition is also a definition of black holes in the universe. These are just some of the examples. That is very interesting. Continuing this topic, I would like to ask about the question when people have different mindsets, they have different cultures, but inside of us there is one and the same spirit which we all have. And um, can we say that the goal of life, which is said by different cultures and religions, still it is one and the same, but called in different words, that it is this nurturing of this best part of your humane nature, of the spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I And it is true. If you see carefully, even in Christianity, there is a concept of Nishkam Dharma. I am sure in the churches, people tell that, do good to others. Just do good to others. That's another manifestation of Nishkam Dharma. So, in my view, all religions of the world tell you essentially the same thing. It is us, the followers, who have divided ourselves in different boundaries. More and more people are able to understand that this physical world is not enough. Then the real spiritual life will begin. And that is required for people to understand. Because as long as you are limited to this world, you will never be able to do good to the whole humanity. Once again, I am repeating, if The human race has to find a solution to the problems of our existence of this three-dimensional world. We have to start thinking beyond this three-dimensional world. So interesting and inspiring, really. I express gratitude to you. And the last question which we would like to ask you, what you would like to wish to all Alatra participants around the world who are right now also express this unity, research it. Just try and understand the Indian philosophy the way I have explained to you. If you understood this and started the spiritual journey, half the job is done. And this is what I wish for everyone. This is my message to everyone. Thank you very much. On behalf of all Alatra participants from all over the world, we would like to give you a present which contains Alatra book and Alatra physics report aimed at showing these truths which are revealed in all religions, showing all what unites us, as you have explained just before. And uh, it is a great honor for me to give you this present. And, uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. And I wish all the best to you and to all your members. Thank you. Thanks a lot.